going to tell you something. This is not a super deep theological message. But it's one of these things that if people will just do, they'll see the effects of it. But people don't do it. And Christians don't do it. All right? Again, my question is, will you, will you, will you surrender to the Word of God? Be very careful how you answer that. People say, oh, yes, I will, but they don't. Why don't they? Well, there's a couple of different reasons. One of them is people don't know the Word. Or their opinion means more than the Word. Um, I'm going to start by asking this question. And maybe I, I'm, I'm going to probably cover some of what I covered last week. Remember the title of the message last week was A Penny for Your Thoughts. And I'm going to continue that a little bit today. And remember we talked about what you, and let me read this so I get it right. Because I, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. Because I thought it was pretty good, but that's just me. What we meditate on influences how we think. How we think influences what we believe. What we believe influences what we do, what we say, and our actions. I submit to you that most of the time when people say something, they've already decided that's what they believe. And so, and again, understand, I don't want anybody walking out of here condemned, but I'm trying to encourage you or challenge you because I'm tired of walking around in my own life and watching Christians walking around defeated. And they aren't defeated because of this word, folks. Quit blaming God because it didn't work. If there's one error in the, in the, in the whole formula, that would be us. And this isn't a condemnation thing. Again, let me tell you something. The Lord will meet you right where you are at. If all you know is I'm born again, He'll meet you there. If all I know is that I'm saved and He's my Lord, He'll meet you there. If, you're more, if you want to have more of what the Holy Spirit has for you, He'll meet you there. So it's not a condemnation thing at all, but it's an encouragement and it is a challenge. Why is it that people say, yep, I believe in God, but then they get offended by what the Word says when he, it goes contrary to what they want to live, how they want to live? Except for that part, right. I believe the Word of God except for that little bit over there that says I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but I want to do it, so I don't like that part. It's, I, I, it's all or nothing. That's the way it works. See, so again, I'm going to get into this meditation thing. What are you meditating on? What do you think about? What consumes you? I remember, I know this is hard to believe, but when I was growing up, once in a while I got in trouble. I know that's really hard for you to imagine. But I remember one time I was in particularly big trouble. Now, my parents were separated, but I was in big trouble because we lived across the road from a lake. And the rule was, you, I was younger, you weren't allowed to go to the lake by yourself. Well, I got a bicycle. I figured me and my bike could go to the lake because I was with something. I could rationalize anything. So I'm down there riding my bike up and down the sidewalk next to the lake, and I hear my mom calling me, kind of like the voice of God. Guess what? I ignored that because I knew if I answered, she'd know where I was. So I'm trying to race up the hill. And, but I was at the way end, and the hill was over here to go up the thing. So I'm racing back, and then, lo and behold, there she appears at the bottom of the hill. Oh, busted. 
So she says, you know what? I'm calling your dad. Oh, I'm a dead man. And it was, go to your room. I'm calling your dad. And, you know, dad was somewhere where it took him some time to get here. And I'm going to tell you, that was miserable. Why? Because I was meditating on what? I'm a dead man. Is it the guillotine? Is he going to hang me? Firing squad? I was sure he's going to kill me. Meditating on this, meditating on this. And when you start meditating on those things that aren't good or that the devil puts in your mind or what the world says or what the truth isn't, all of a sudden it becomes bigger than it really is. Basically, he came over, gave me a stern talking to and went home. I was like, well, that wasn't so bad. But I was sure I was a dead man. And that's what we tend to do. We meditate on something other than this word. I'll give you an example. Somebody comes and says something about, well, I'll use Gary. Gary's in a black t-shirt today. Okay? Did you see Gary in that black t-shirt? Does he know that the black means the devil? And somebody says that, say, you know, yeah. I saw he likes to wear black a lot, doesn't he? I'll bet you. What have you just done, you gossiping, slandering, tail-bearing, evil, non-Christian thing? Ooh, I said a mouthful there. I felt the rocks coming. I'm, doesn't bother me. The truth is the truth. So what have you just done? And guess what? When somebody says that to me, I'm meditating on that. Meditating on it. The next time I see him, what do I think about? Well, where's his black shirt? I'll bet you I know. That is why gossip and slander and tailbearing is devastating to a body of Christ. Devastating. And I'm talking about the church I'm talking about is devastating to people. Because I'm telling you, what are we saying? What are you meditating on? What's coming out of your mouth? I tell you, I know exactly where people are at. Just sit down and listen to them for five minutes. What's coming out of their pie hole? Most of it's not good. And let me tell you something, just as a side note. If you think that a man, woman, vegetable, animal, or mineral is going to solve the problems we have in our government, you're wrong. What you need to pray for is godly people in position that will obey God. But God's the one that's going to have to do it. It's not going to be a person. It's going to be the Lord that someone will allow him to work through. Now, I said a whole lot and not really gotten my message, but here we go. So what are we supposed to be meditating on? Whatever things are true. What is truth? The Word of God is the only truth that I know to be absolute. Today, whatever your truth is, is truth. That's what the, that's the, that is a humanistic society. I am the center of the universe, and it all revolves around me, and whatever I say is true is truth to me. Not according to this. Let every, let me see, let, let God be true and every man a liar. That's the Bible. Not all right, so let me move on quick. That's, I've covered a lot of ground. Just That was kind of last week setting this up. Now, Talking about this meditation. We talked about Numbers 13 and verse 26. And we sent, they sent 12 spies out. Ten came back with a bad report. Two had a good report. But here's what happened. Numbers 13, 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. 
Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They went to where God told them to go. They saw exactly what God told them they would give them. Exactly. But here's what they did. How do you see it? It's just like the Lord said. It's exactly like he said. In Numbers 13, 20, it said, Nevertheless, the people in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, which were the giants, the Amalekites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Everyites live there. All the ites are there. And they're big and they're scary and there's going to be a problem. I'm going to ask you. Now, I've searched this out. Maybe I missed something. Maybe some of my Bible people in here can help me. Anywhere in there, did God tell the Israelites that it was going to be easy? Uh Uh-uh. Where in the Bible did he tell you being a Christian and walking on this planet is going to be easy? Then why do we think that we get born again and we've got the word of God and it's just going to skate through just like man? Nothing but roses. Anybody that's been a Christian for more than 10 minutes knows that's not the truth. It's not easy. Now, I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm not trying to say, oh, this is just drudgery. No, but in the middle of the fight, we have the peace and we can have the joy. But see, what the enemy's trying to get at, he's trying to get you to meditate on all the wrong things to steal your hope. Because if he gets your hope, he gets your joy. If he gets your joy, then he might get your faith too. So, we're off to a rip-roaring start. And here's what they were saying. Our problems are too big. But what about the word of God? What about what he told them? What he told them was there. All they had to do was step into it. So was God the problem in that situation? No. I'm going to tell you what, this word of God is true. And you have to decide. How many people, so where am I going with all this? Here's what I'm going to say. Folks, I am blessed that you are here this morning. We need to assemble together, even more so as the day draws nigh. That's what the Bible says. We need more people to join us. How many have ever been, okay, let's tell you, every, and I used this example last week. How many of you go out to a restaurant maybe once a week? We'll just say, just pretend, once a week you go out to dinner. Okay, now, Reverend Melport here, well, I'll I'll skip you. I'll go down to your son. All right? This man works hard. So does he. But he works physically hard labor. Some of you do. I'm just using him as an example. Oh, I got a a tree cutter over there. That's some physical stuff. He works hard every week. Now, if the only meal he ate was the once a week on Sunday afternoon when they went out to a restaurant to dinner, how long is he going to be able to have any stamina to work? How long before he's dying? How long before he dies? And yet we think that coming to church on Sunday is going to get us through the week spiritually. You have got to be in this word feeding yourself. You have to be. Because at midnight, when I'm not there, or the elders aren't there, you've got to be there. The Word of God is there. The Holy Spirit is always there. But guess whose responsibility that comes down to? Yours. I can stand with you. 
I can help carry your burden, but at the end of the day, guess who's got to win the victory? You have to. Now, as a pastor, a lot of pastors say, don't say things like that. Well, then people won't come to church because they don't think they need to rely on you. You shouldn't be relying on me. I'm just saying. I mean, I've got super strong box springs on my bed now because of all the junk I take to bed with me every night. Listen, I'll help carry your burden at the end of the day. You're going to have to stand. You're going to have to stand. And the only way I know to do that is through this Word of God. You've got to build yourself up in the Word and praying in your most holy faith, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. You need to pray. And I don't care if you start with just a, a little devotional where it's just a, a, a blurb a day and it helps you pray. But here's the disconnect. Here's where people have the problem. Just as these guys saw nothing but the giants and they started meditating on that, we meditate on all the things that are wrong and none of the things that are right. That's what we meditate on. It's, yeah. And, and, and here's the truth. Now listen, and I love all of you. Some of you I know better than others, but, but I love you. With the love of Christ, I love you. But if there was anything major wrong in my life, 99% of you would never know it. Because I don't want to hear... Listen, I had this situation with my eye, and I had family members. Oh, yeah, man, our grandmammy and our grand and grand, grand, grandpappy, they had this. It's the blood cancer. It's the blood cancer. And, and you, it looked just, you got the blood cancer. I ain't got no blood cancer, and I don't have time to put down your words. I don't want to use my, like you said, I don't, you said. <laughs> you, you're sitting over here. She usually sits there, but you're over there. <laughs> and, and, you know, so anyway. It's okay, it's okay, mess up my sermon. But I don't need to have to cast those words down and fight the words. What I need is somebody saying, I'm standing on the word in agreement with you. Okay? And then there's times when I'm weak, you can be strong for me. I'll carry your burden. Until I get to the point where I'm standing on myself. This is what we've got to teach our children. I've got a 17-year-old daughter. She's making that transition. It's not mommy and daddy's faith anymore. It's got to be hers. It's a tough transition sometimes. But it's got to happen. This word of God works. And, I, and again, this is not earth-shattering. This isn't some deep theological teaching. This is practical Christianity that nobody's doing. That's the problem. Nevertheless, and when they said nevertheless, basically what they said is, despite everything you've told us is true, we're not going to believe it. Because what we see, what we think, what we feel is bigger than what God says. I think that I should be able to live any way I want to and God be okay with it because I made a confession one day that I was his and I'm born again so I could do whatever I want. You might be born again and you might be going to heaven, but you're not going to have peace or joy on this planet if you're not obeying this word. That was pretty popular, I see. Crickets. Crickets. But listen, I'm not here to try to be popular. I love you. I'd love everybody to think, boy, Pastor Scott, the greatest things in slaves bread, man, yeehaw. I know better than that. There's five or six of you that really adore me. The rest of, them, the rest of you tolerate me. 
And the thing of it is, is the one thing I always count on, I've got my wife. I've got papers on her. She can't go anywhere. She's got to love me. So I got that going for me. I mean, she's not with me today, so, you know, I don't know what that means. But see, Caleb, what was Caleb? Caleb, what did he focus on? What did he meditate on? He meditated on what God said and said, hey, we can do this. Do you know what? Every leader in that nation, 10 people stopped an entire nation from inheriting what God had for them. What's stopping you? What are you meditating on? Yes, I know there's some big... And listen, I am... Please, I am not making light or belittling what you're going through. Because what you're going through, what people are going through, are difficult and it's hard and sometimes it's life-shattering and life-shaking. But what are you meditating on? What are you talking about? What are you confessing? And what do you really believe? Do you believe this word is true or don't you? Guess what? I can't decide for you. I might need bodyguards. Are you ready to get me out of here today? Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. I like big, strong Christian men. Because I can get sassy and get away with it once in a while. See, people get so consumed with their problem, they decide to ignore what God says based on what I think. See, many times we make the situation bigger. The enemy's trying to steal what we have. All right, I want to continue. Let's go to Acts 16 and verse 25, and this is just an example. Acts 16, verse 25. Now, Paul and Silas, I'll back up a little bit. Paul and Silas were walking along, and there was a girl that had a spirit of divination, of demon. It was making money for the guy that she was a slave for, whatever it was. She'd tell a fortune, they'd get money for it. And it was a spirit, it was a demon. Paul got annoyed, cast the demon out. Well, this guy went and lied about Paul. See, he said, what the guy said was, this guy's teaching us things that Romans shouldn't even be listening to, right? That's not really what the gripe was. The gripe was is he lost his money. And again, you start talking about people's money, they get uptight. You know, I was, gosh, I was in a church one time, they took four offerings in one service. Four, four offerings in one service. I'm thinking, man, did anybody come back next week? Or did you have 105 people saying, that preacher is just after your money? I don't know too many preachers that are, you know, around here anyway, that it's about the money. Another crickets. All righty then. We're doing good today. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaking and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Now, there's a couple of things I want to point out there. First of all, Paul and Silas were in trouble. They were in bad trouble. They were put in the inner prison. And if you ever watched, um, if you ever watched the movie Ben-Hur, you know what the inner prison looks like. 
It's a little hole in the wall. It's seeping. You know, it's just rats and fest. It's just not good. It's nasty. And they were in the inner prison. But they were not meditating on the fact that they could die tomorrow. They decided to meditate on the Lord and worship Him because we know that for a spirit of heaviness, you put on a garment of praise. How many people do it? Oh, I'm bummed out. I want to be bummed out. Put on some praise. I don't want to. Well, then stay miserable. Well, what kind of a Christian are you? An honest one. In my, you walk in my house at any time, unless ESPN isn't on. That's the sports station. There's praise going on in my house 24-7. Every television's got it on. Every television. Even when we're not there. Why? Well, I got a dog, man. I don't want my dog demon possessed. I don't know. <laughs> no, we have it on. Why? Put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Every person in here is dealing with things. And they're big things. And they're not easy things. But just decide what are you going to meditate on and what are you going to listen to and what are you going to believe. See, the situation wasn't good. But here's what I want to point out. Understand that Paul and Silas did not have the Bible. They didn't know what the end looked like. All they knew that they were in stocks and in prison, they were going to die. And an earthquake happened. Anybody ever been in an earthquake? I have. Freaky. Everything shakes. You can go outside and it's shaking. You come inside and it's shaking. Everything shakes. And you know what? You've got zero control over it. This is the point I want to make. What if, and this is where people get off, just because things are shaking and it might be scary doesn't mean God's not working. Just because it's shaking and it seems scary doesn't mean the Word of God doesn't work. People say, well, I've done that for so long and and it's still not working. How long are you willing to stand? When it comes to healing, how long are you willing to stand? Here's my, here's, my, my, here's my faith statement. I am going to confess I am healed from the time it starts until I take one foot off this planet and step into eternity with Christ. The last word they're going to heal on the, here on this planet is healed, and the first word they're going to heal is, and I'm going to finish in heaven. Healed! Because once you get there, you're healed for sure. <laughs> Ain't no doubt about that. And that's not even good English for my English teachers. Forgive me. Ain't no doubt about that. <clears throat> I'm from the UP, so deal with it. So we're going to let God be true and every man a liar. But how many people, you know, it's interesting to me. And mo- probably all of you have had friends you've ever dealt with that. You give them the word of God. You give them the word of God. You encourage them. You encourage them. You encourage them. Some demon-possessed heathen comes and tells them one thing. Boof! Off they go. They believe it. That's it. That's the truth. I'm like, what is wrong with your head? But see, again, I'm going all the way back to, is the Word of God true or is it not? And what part of the Word of God do you want to cut out because it's not convenient for your lifestyle? I'm really going somewhere. I'm laying a foundation because next week I'm going to ask you, why are you here? Why are you even here? Well, I like the pretty music. Right. Because if I come in for an hour, an hour and a half, once a week, I'll feel better about myself. Why are you here? 
Just a question. We'll get into that next week. Gosh, I, gotta, I better switch gears here. I got to want you people leaving happy. The situation wasn't good, but they were meditating on the Lord and they worshiped Him. I'm going to ask you another question. How do you know the voice of God? Because I've had people tell me, I've had people tell me, I just don't hear God's voice. I'm like, huh, that tells me a whole lot. That still, small voice, how do, you, how do you know you hear from God? How do you know that still, small voice is God? Because that still, small voice will line up with His word. Because I've had people come to me and give me a word of prophecy that I can't find in the Bible. You know what I do with that? Gone, down the road. If you hear, thus saith the Lord, and it doesn't line up with somewhere or something in this word, that is not from God. So where do these people get this idea? I'll give you one great, I'll give you one great um, thing that went through the body of Christ. There is no hell. There's no hell. Now, now that was a doctrine that was being preached in one of the, a big church in the state of Michigan. There is no hell. I kind of went, I kind of went, well, I mean, that's as stupid as the devil showing up with his little pitchfork and saying, hey, here I am, I'm the devil. You know, that's obvious. I'll give you an example. If I come to you, if I come and stand in this pulpit one morning and I say the Spirit of the Lord has spoken to me, the Spirit of the Lord has told me that it's time to trade my wife in on another model. <laughs> thus, thus saith the Lord. See, see, that's the problem. That's the problem we have here. We got Bible people here. And you can't, yeah, you can't fool them. So we went clear back to the Old Testament. Forget the grace, you're a dead man. But no, one of two things should happen. You should jump out of your seat and run, or my elders should be coming here and say, Pastor, did you hit your head? Do you have a concussion? Are you having hallucinations? Is there something wrong with you? Is your brain gone to mush? And if I say, bless God, that is the Lord. Show me in the Bible. It's got to line up with the Word of God. So, let me ask you this. Is what you're saying about you and your life, is it lining up with the Word of God? Just saying. Just saying. I'm just, exactly, not always. We need to change that. Okay? So, what we believe we're going to say. I, okay, I'm going to take one more step and I'm going to close, really. Okay, prayer. We talk about prayer. You know, this hit me on the way here. How, how many of you ever heard that, that verse about you ask and have not because you ask amiss? I was always perplexed about that. I'm like, Lord, I'm a Christian. I'm asking, you know, and people say, well, if it's God's will. Stop right there. We don't want to get in that theological argument because it is God's will. Let's put it that. If it's God's will that I'm healed. No, it is his will. He says so in his word. Okay? But if you want to argue with me on that, you can go ahead and argue until you're blue in the face. I'm still going to believe what I believe about the word of God. Now, 
But we pray and we pray amiss. How are we praying amiss? And it struck me this morning. You know why? Do you know the most effective prayers? You want the ones that are going to be the most effective? Pray the word. You want, what did you do to get healed? So they prayed the word of God over her. She prayed the word of God over herself. Her mother prayed the word of God over herself. Pray the word of God over your children. Pray the word of God over your circumstances. Pray the word of God over your mind. That's why our mind's got to be renewed by what? By this word. So what's coming out of our mouth is the word of God and not what we think because your mind is an enemy of God. Woo! That's pretty good stuff. Yeah. So what, what are we meditating on? I, can, I, I submit to you, if you're meditating on something long enough, it will become an action. A thief doesn't decide to just walk in the store one day and steal something unless they've thought about it. It's in there somewhere. They've been meditating on it. It's in there. It's like Prego. It's in there. What are you meditating on? So, this is pretty, it's, it's not real deep theologically. If you don't know the word, I submit to you, you don't know Jesus. Not very well. Now, you may have met him. He may be your savior, and you may be going to heaven. But if you want the fullness of what Christ has, you've got to know him. You know, people come up to me and they say, well, I really believe the Lord wants me to do this, and I know immediately it's not God because I know the Word, and it's not in His character to want you to do that. But you don't know His character, and you don't know that still small voice until you know this. Because if you don't know this, anything can sound like the truth. And I don't, I'm not advocating this, but if you want to know what I'm talking about, turn on the news for five minutes. And they spout all kinds of stuff that they absolutely believe is truth that isn't even close to the truth. So you get to decide today, is this your truth or is this not your truth? If this is your truth, then get in it, read it, meditate it, study it, learn it, get to know it, confess it, pray it, and you watch and see. I promise you, if the Bible says, and the Bible says, His word, this word, will not return void. It will do what it was sent to do. It will do that very thing. Now, sometimes we pray amiss. How do we pray amiss? Because we get into this word of God, and sometimes, I don't want to go down this road a bunch, but sometimes we claim promises that really aren't our promises. They might have been for Israel. God was talking to Israel and said, I'm going to give you this. And we said, well, that's ours. No, that's for Israel. But there's a whole bunch of promises that we as the body, as the church, as God has given us. We can claim every one of them. you got to put it in context. And then you wonder why it doesn't work. Well, what are you praying? Pray the word of God that we know to be true. So again, please, don't leave here condemned saying, well, I'm not doing that in my life and I don't know how to do it. No. Start to start. Wherever you're at, God will meet you there. Pray one for another. But pray specifics, not, well, God, whatever. No, I am, listen, I, I've been in the ministry for almost 30 years now. And I'm just getting, a, really, really starting to grasp this praying the word over my daughter and my wife and my son and my family. And am I seeing 
immediate results? No, but I'm seeing some results and I know that my God is true and I know the word of God is true and I know it won't return void. So I know it's happening and I know it's going to come. Whether the devil likes it or not. And the devil tries to tell you up here. Nope, ain't going to work. Nope, it ain't going to Tell your head to shut up. I know. So listen, you're not crazy. If I see you walking down the street, say, shut up. Just shut up. Just shut up. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I just not want to just shut up. I won't send you to mental health. I'll know. Okay? But we need to stop. We need to, because I'm telling you, if you start meditating on the word, all that stuff, your other stuff you're meditating on goes. You get to choose. You know, you get to choose how you live. You get to choose what you believe. You can choose what you say. You get to choose what you, you confess. I say if you want the best life Christ has for you, choose the Bible. Amen? With that, let's take communion. Just to remember the things that Christ has done and his promises. Carol is great at this. His promises are yes and amen. It wasn't maybe and I think so. It was yes and amen. So we're going to play a little song. Here's what we'll do. We're going to do two things at once because we can multitask in this church. So the ushers, you, I'm throwing you a double curveball here, ushers. We're going to take, receive tithes and offerings. And as you come up and put your tithes and offerings in, get them, get your communion elements, and go back and sit down. So if you need an envelope, wave, raise your hand, and the guy that's holding the communion elements will probably rush right over there with an envelope in the communion elements' his hands because they can multitask. Got an, need an envelope back here? We see somebody. Can we get an envelope to them? Go ahead. You put that. Get them an envelope, and then come on back. See, I'm sorry. My ushers are great, man. Pastors all over the place. They make me look so good. So what we'll do is come on forward. We'll, we'll give our tithes and offerings in the bowls here. We'll take the communion elements. Go back to your seat. We'll, we'll take the communion elements, and then I'll pray over the offering, and then I'll dismiss you. Hey. I hope you understand my heart and what I'm trying to tell you today. This word works. Start getting in it. Start standing on it. Start believing it. Start confessing it. Start talking yourself. Quit talking yourself out of it because of your opinion. Because I don't know about you, but I've never seen anywhere in the Bible where God asks my opinion about anything. He's got this attitude. He thinks he's God. So let's just come and let's just give to the Lord this morning. Amen.
Jesus. Lord, we come to you right now. And Lord, Jesus broke the bread. He said, take, eat. This is my body that was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Well, Lord, today we remember his body that was broken for us. But, Lord, we remember also when he said it was finished, that everything was taken care of for us. And so, Lord, we we are so thankful that we can remember all the blessings and all the good things that you've done today. And we'll meditate on those things. And we just give you praise and we are so grateful that you chose to allow yourself to be broken for us. And we partake together in Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. And after supper, Lord, you took the cup, said, drink. This is my blood that was shed for you for the remission of sin. Oh, the powerful blood of Jesus, that as we receive that, his blood cleanses us and washes us and makes us whole. And we are so grateful that, Lord, all we have to do is enter in. You've done it all for us already. Help us to walk in it. We are so grateful that you took 39 stripes in your back. And Lord, science has proven that every disease comes from one of 39 sources. You took a stripe for each source. And so we thank you. We remember it. And we glorify your name today in Jesus' name. We thank you, Jesus. Well, Lord, I pray over these finances. Lord, we offer them up to you. We ask that that you help, that you multiply them. Lord, we declare we'll use them to advance the kingdom of God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that as we are tithers, that, Lord, we're the 10 percenters, that we give a 10%, Lord, that you said you'd rebuke the devourer on our behalf. And we are thankful for that. So the devourer, consider yourself rebuked. And I thank you, Lord, that as we give, it shall be given. 
But Lord, I thank you for every single person. Lord, we continue to come against debt, lack, and poverty. I command debt cancellation to come to people's lives in Jesus' name, finances to come into people's hands that will give them, Lord, all they need to supply for the needs of their family. And Lord, they won't forget to sow into the kingdom of God as well. Because we know, Lord, that you are our source. And so we give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. Well, God bless you guys. Greet somebody on the way out. Worship yourself out of the, out of the building today. God bless you. Thanks for being here.